0: Hey, Martin, we got to record this intro. Hey! <laughs> what are you making? Eggs. Nice.
1: I Just, mean, I'm not making eggs, I'm changing eggs. I'm taking eggs from one form and turning them into another.
0: I've never thought about it like that.
1: Yeah. So if I made eggs, I'd probably not be, you no know, a guy.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yeah. Idea Lemons, discover your inner awesome podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan and his name in the corner is
1: Martin McGovern. This
0: is the show where you listen to kick-ass conversations with dope-ass people about deep life stuff and if you didn't know by now we are on an epic six-week road trip around the country. Changing eggs around the country. (laughs) Right now we are in Austin, Texas on the second to last stop of our road trip and while here We just had a conversation with Lindsay Thompson, really cool girl. She's a Googler working in people operations at Google out of Austin, funny person. She's also a Harry Potter enthusiast. She's an aspiring... More than a Harry Potter enthusiast, she is an actual wizard. She's an actual wizard. She's an aspiring uh, top secret spy and professional quesadilla eater and a geek night trivia quiz master. So, we had a cool conversation with her because she works at a company, Google, where everyone looks at that and they go, oh, that's like my dream company. But have we ever actually stopped to define and think about what is the dream and what is living the dream? It's a phrase that people throw around all the time like, oh yeah, living the dream, right? I dream about all sorts of things. (laughs) So, we aim to tackle and answer that question. What is living the dream? Now, before we dive into the episode want to remind you guys that our road trip and our podcast is in partnership with Under 30 Experiences, the most kick-ass way to travel. If you don't know about Under 30 Experiences, check them out at under30experiences.com. If you want to travel somewhere cool like Bali or Peru or Brazil or uh, Iceland. Iceland, <laughs> or Costa Rica, uh, they go to a ton of cool places, and you travel with amazing people who will end up becoming your best friends. Um, our, you know, I think three or four of our guests on this show, on this road trip, have been under thirty alumni as well, like D Piazza, Jason, and some were Adam. a surprise. What? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some were a surprise. So check them out. And as a thank you to you, the listener, for checking out our podcast and hanging with us on our road trip. Under 30 Experiences has a promo code for you. If you use the promo code IDEALEMON on their website, under30experiences.com, you will get $100! $100. $100 off your next trip booking. So if you want $100 off to go to Brazil, or $100 off to go to Costa Rica, or to go to Ireland, or any of the amazing places they go to, use the promo code IDEALEMON. And what are some
1: ways you could use
0: that extra $100, Martin?
1: You could buy a whole lot of eggs and then change them into other forms of eggs.
0: <laughs> like scrambled, sunny, hard boiled. I, I
1: only know how to do scrambled. Soft boiled. I don't know how to – well, I guess I could boil an egg. But I don't, like if, you said, if you said poach it, I'd just have to walk away.
0: <laughs> all right. So all that said, remember to check out under30experiences.com and use the promo code ID11 for $100 off. Let's dive into our conversation now with Lindsay Thompson where we talk what is living the dream we'll catch you after the show
2: I think like people have their own individual meanings of that I think there's like the on paper interpretation of it that you know do you by definition live the dream but I feel like there's a lot of people who can sit back and appreciate like this is my personal dream
0: what about for you personally
2: I think in a lot of ways I am Um, I mean I'm still I'm still young and I wouldn't say that I've Necessarily hammered out like what the dream is in every aspect. Yeah. I've always been very achievement oriented, so I think I'm one of those people that on paper looks like I've checked the boxes and i am doing some things right.
1: Got it all your teeth.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've got like an education and a good job, and um, but I, I think that there's a lot of like personal fulfillment that comes with that that I haven't mastered. Mm. So, I think there's probably a balance. I'm sure there's a lot of people doing it much better than I am.
0: I don't know if I think I'm getting close. Mhm. But I'm not there yet because I feel like part of living the dream is having the sustainable income to where to continue living Yeah, period. to continue living <laughs> the dream, right?
2: To continue living period. Yeah.
0: And I mean we you know, we went all in on Ideal I mean this year and it's like our bootstrapped yeah either you know that go for broke kind of year yeah so by the end of this year I'm gonna my I will I'm taking a negative on the year Mm. which won't make me broke but it's it's like the necessary first step I think to get to that point of yeah of the ultimate income sustainability yeah but I know because at this point money is not a non-factor yeah for me that I couldn't say it's living the dream because
2: sure. I want
0: it to not be a factor.
2: The whole like money can't buy you happiness thing, I've heard that that's true, like up till I think like $70,000 yeah. is the threshold. Yeah,
1: 75 I think. Yeah, it was, yeah,
2: anything more than that, you're not necessarily getting more happiness, but you need someone. you around... accounted
1: for inflation? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 2015, maybe.
0: <laughs> but then, like, conversely, last year when I worked at a marketing agency, I had had for the previous three years. Um, last year, I was making over seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I was not happy. Yeah, and I would call that way far, way further away from living the dream than I am now. Yeah, because the work wasn't wasn't aligned with what I wanted to do. hmm And the lifestyle was not what I was not in alignment with what I wanted for my life.
2: I feel like you find that with a lot of quote-unquote creative stuff. I worked for a marketing agency too. And I loved it. Like, they love the people. Um, but it's funny because that's something that's known as a creative industry, but there's a lot of non creative work, a lot of like kind of bland analytical No,
0: it's, yeah, oh like, my God. Like, you know, you know, those diagrams that'll be like, what people think your job is? Oh, yeah. Like, what, you what, your yeah, think, yeah what your parents what think? Yeah, your parents think your job is what your job actually the is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What?
2: Names. Oh. Oh,
0: burgers. they said mayonnaise. Oh yes. <laughs> Watch
1: mayonnaise. <Well>. <laughs> mayonnaise is nowhere included in any of my dreams.
2: <laughs> I hope not. So, I
1: like mayonnaise on my sandwiches. <laughs> no. <Me neither. laughs>
0: so, with that, like, specifically with a lot of the marketing-related roles, I think you go into it like, let's say you go into college wanting to do marketing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or even you come out of college. Wanting to work in marketing or having a job in marketing, and you think it's going to be this—oh, every room is glass with the magic marker paint. Everybody's whiteboarding. Yeah. People are always brainstorming, and and you're coming up with the next like magazine ad. But yeah. there's like the one percent of the one percent is who's actually doing that, mm-hmm. and most everyone else is like an account manager.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Google has um has this philosophy that I I really respect. It's called like passion, not perks. And it kind of mocks those companies that without any real intention behind it, create like think tank rooms or just have like bean bag chairs everywhere or things that look hip, but they don't actually follow through with a lot of things that increase the passion of their people, at their company. Um, so it's it's very surface level fulfillment, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, we really encourage you to take a break and play like basketball or whatever. Um, but I feel like there are companies that really do it with a really meaningful purpose, and they actually care about their employees' like, happiness, because mm-hmm. they know that that's, that's what keeps you driven during the day. It's not like, I'm going to go and, like, to work because I get to play pool at 1230 every day. There's a lot more to it than that.
0: Yeah. Well, with that, like, you can have the Xbox in the conference room, Mm-hmm. But if, if for a lot of places, if you're caught playing the Xbox, it's like <laughs> does this person do their job even? Oh yeah. yeah. That's it's like it's they so give you the room, room and then
1: you can't use it. Yeah. We went mm-hmm. to Facebook and they had in uh, San Fran and they actually had a game room and we walked. I was like, who's gonna be in this arcade? It's like mm-hmm. an entire arcade, and it was just filled with people. And yeah. I was like, how is this a thing? Like, aren't <laughs> don't you guys have to get back to work? They're like, we are. We're working. <laughs> this is part of we'll it. We get there. And I was like, all right, that's cool.
2: Yeah, we did. Um. We did kind of like a problem solving challenge recently. There was this class I took called the Six Thinking Hats, um, where the idea is that there's six different ways to approach a problem, like use all of the ways. But the problem that we were given for this particular class was, what if we had unlimited vacation days? Like, what are the potential issues that would arise from that? Um, I'm somebody who has what they call a black thinking hat, which is that I'm really cynical about everything. <laughs> I'm not the yellow hat, which is like, these are all the great things that'll come from this decision. So for me, I was like, I feel like there's a lot of implied freedom with unlimited days, like Netflix does unlimited days, and they've shown that people actually take less vacation, because right. there is this kind of self-regulation imposed on you. Like, well, if you're really noble, if you're a really good worker, then you're gonna take a reasonable amount of days. Like, don't take advantage of the system. So. I feel like when you have those kind of nudges, then it actually acts out like a lot them. But
0: is that a good thing though, that if you have unlimited vacation days, you actually take less? It
2: depends on who you're asking, I guess, yeah. from the CEO's perspective, yeah, efficiency. Um, but when there's this kind of, yeah, like imposed, like, well, your, your coworkers are gonna resent you, or your manager's gonna resent you if you take advantage of it. Right. Um, you know, there's all that perception that I think is, present in any kind of work situation yeah. when people start saying like are you working as hard as I am I feel like that's a lot of tension but
0: but it. time I mean that that is the perception but that's also under the assumption that hours put in dictates
2: mm-hmm.
0: output or like yeah, amount of success or efficiency or whatever the phrase is mm-hmm. which is not the case yeah. like I like you know prior at, at the marketing agency I worked at I could work a 12-hour day, but if four of those hours are filled with meetings that I have to be in that are mind-numbing, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean I'm producing more for the company by the end of that 12th hour.
2: Yeah.
0: In fact, I'm probably producing less because I'm mentally drained. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Well, my, what I think is so funny about what we're talking about right here is... When we were thinking about the dreams, that, the dream lives we wanted to have as kids, mm-hmm. we weren't sitting around going, how much vacation time <laughs> am I going to get in my future dream job? Or yeah. uh, what perks is the company going to give me? Are they going to have cereal in the morning? Like mm-hmm. that's, not, <laughs> that's not at all what the dream was. So if we're trying to say what is living the dream, I think it's pretty clear that perks, as soon as you, like they're great until you have them just like, it's great to have a swimming pool in your apartment, but if you never go to the swimming pool or a gym in your apartment, but if you never actually go to the pool or the gym, it's kind of a, it's a great perk to have that is kind of unnecessary at the end of the day. So what were your guys' like childhood dream lives or or be quote unquote living the dream when Mm -hmm. you were kids?
2: I think that's such an interesting question. We did that within our work team recently um, because nobody kind of intends to be where they are like in my role, but for me, I feel like I've always had phases like I had my I wanna be a famous singer phase and I wanna be a, like a journalist and I wanna be in the FBI and I feel like it's always well, kind now of you progressed. wanna be according
0: to LinkedIn by you wanna be a professional quesadilla eater. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> I wanna
2: be a professional quesadilla eater. <laughs> Or um anything is possible. <laughs> I think I still have like super top secret spy in there yeah. too. Like I'm still down. <laughs> the FBI won't have me. But yeah, I think it's interesting how it evolves. It reminds what is it, Mr. Deeds that has that scene where it's like, What did you want to be when yeah. you grew up? Uh, and it's so different. I don't know, what'd you wanna be?
0: I wanted to be in the NBA when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was convinced until like third grade. Till last week. <laughs> yeah.
1: You <laughs> adding... still got your NBA jersey. Yeah, on. that's why. I, why do you think I wear this now? <laughs> oh, I the thought motivation. you were just going back to Book of Mormon with that one.
0: <laughs> with the NBA? Oh, because of the, the guy Orlando. in Africa. Oh, no, okay. Because the guy in Africa is wearing like a raggedy old Jordan. Jersey. I've never seen the oh. Book of Mormon. <laughs> 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 Okay. I'm actually going to
2: see it. Soon. I, it's a great play.
0: It's a great play. Um, <laughs> I do remember when I was younger, though, like middle school and stuff, want saying I wanted to work in advertising.
2: Really? Actually,
0: no, it's false. At first, I remember filling in those you know those stupid career tests you had to take. Yeah. I remember intentionally filling it out.
1: You mean Just, those extremely intelligent career tests always that always get your future super career? Super practical. Right?
0: <laughs> I remember intel or in- intentionally filling it out to get it to say doctor purely because not even my parents were pushing me to be a doctor but because I knew my brother wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to do a lot of things he wanted to do and because it was like oh yeah well that sounds like a good profession yeah but I don't think I ever had any intention to actually be a doctor and then shortly after realizing I didn't want to do that I do remember wanting to get into advertising in some way Mm. I certainly don't think of the account management type of lifestyle and type of job. I didn't even know that existed. I thought of the creative room, brainstorming, commercial ideas, that kind of stuff. But then if you fast forward to like freshman year of college, there was, you're about to get bit by that mosquito on your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Do I get it? Yeah. And I would be a brown person without the dot on a forehead. <laughs>
1: the number of times I've had a dot on my forehead unintentionally. Is someone from... always trying to snipe you? No, it's just mainly going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so speaking of sniper, there's a good line from a G unit song oh, where of course. rapper Lloyd Banks says something like, You come after me and I'll put a dot on your head like it's part of your religion. Oh god. <laughs> So anyways, so there's some G-Unit boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <There's some G laughs> references for you. Anyways, so freshman year of college, I'm taking this, web des- this intro to web design class, mm. and we have some midterm exam, which was so like insanely easy. Like, I got 108% on it, because there were extra credit <laughs> questions. But one of the questions was just like, a for extra credit questions for fun was, like, draw yourself in your future career. Mm. Uh, and I drew myself like stick figure I drew myself On stage with a microphone In front of an audience mm. And what are we doing right now? Ta-da. Well there's at least three of us With, <laughs> with a microphone We're talking
1: in the microphone
0: <laughs> We have a microphone in front of was us Was I loud enough? Yeah, yeah <laughs> <caught that. laughs> We've got a mic here I'm a rapper as well So I do oh. do things that are, And I've, you know, we do public speaking So yeah. That happened Or it is happening mm-hmm. What age was that? Eighteen.
1: That's pretty, that's pretty cool. What about you, Martin? <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> um, My initial dream was to be Jim Carrey. Uh, and I annoyed everyone to death with uh, the alrighty thens. Wow. And wow. Um, got the stern talking to that I better get good at waiting tables. Um, <laughs> so that dream died. And then I was going to be... A news reporter, because I loved getting up at five a.m. and I was like, Psh, I'm up before these people. I can do this job, and I'm I'm good in suits. I don't think
0: <laughs> until like end of high school. I don't think I woke up before like one p.m. in the summer.
1: That oh, was sure. crazy. I was like at school like three hours early every day, in high school. And I was always five school. minutes late to the first class. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> I was I was early to chorus, which was an hour before school. <laughs> Jeez. What
2: is chorus? Uh, like choir. choir. Oh. Yeah. Early morning Choir Boy. Yup, yup, yup Chirp down, Choir Boy. I was like thinking it would have been something cooler than what it sounded like. I did Choir too. It, it just,
0: it's a chorus of boos you, you rain down on people as
1: they walk in the building. Apples, persing, <laughs> oranges, and chewing gum and marshmallows and lollipops and chocolate Stop and, and lemonade. La- la- <laughs> What's that? It's a warm up. It's obviously a warm up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we explained to the rapper. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> the performer on stage. <laughs> um... Yeah, so then it was that, and then um, like mid high school hit, and I stopped wanting to get up early, and I was like, eh, I don't want to be a news reporter anymore. <laughs> um, and then uh, marketing, because I had the same thing. Uh, I wanted, I saw like the Beetle ads and all that good stuff, and enjoyed advertising, but I didn't realize that was more copywriting and not account. Yeah. And I was always told my whole life that the creative route is too hard, so mm-hmm. go the business route. So I just kept going the business route with always a, you know, holding on with a foot in the door of the creative Mm -hmm. side, Uh, and so I did an art minor and things like that. Um, And eventually, do you think it would have been
0: better served if you did the opposite, foot in the door in the business?
1: I don't know. I don't. I you know I've tried to play that mental game and it never comes out with a real answer. Mm -hmm. It always comes out with me just getting frustrated. So I think now the only way to think about it is well, that's what I've done. Here's what I know. I think it's better to know what I know than to and and now approach anything creative moving forward with a business mindset than to have been thinking things like oh no this is art I can't sell this Mm -hmm. like I'd much rather approach everything with a business marketing mindset and then see what art I can create than the opposite way Yeah. Um, so I think it's served me well in the long run or actually in the short term as well because I had enough money to leave and do this Yeah, yeah that's true you know, if I, I had gone the art route, I'd still be working wherever I was yeah. working.
2: I was told the same thing. Or not told, I guess, but just kind of like came to learn. Because um, when I exited my FBI phase, <laughs> uh, it was when I was a junior and I was applying to all these internships and I was applying to the FBI and Interpol and um, just wasn't getting any traction. I just didn't look on paper like what they were looking for. Um, and outside of my studies, like I studied criminal psychology, but my like, passions, my extracurriculars was like large-scale event programming, like concerts, and um, like running like the student union board and things like that that I, I was super passionate about and never really thought about how that could integrate into my life. And so on a whim, I, I applied for MTV, and so I ended up interning at MTV the summer before my senior year. And I loved it, and it definitely showed me that I love that kind of culture, that like creative culture at work where you just feel like you can be yourself, um, which is obviously very different than working at the FBI. You're not really an individual, I think. Um, But in that setting, I also was like, but I couldn't practically do that. There was also a lot of of expectations, I think just having an expensive education and wanting to make the most out of that. I didn't want to leave Duke with a non-prestigious job lined up so as I was looking for jobs senior year I was like well I like something creative but if I wanted it to be in like big event programming or work for a record label or something it would, I would have to be an intern and I wouldn't want to start that way and then lo and behold when I was like shocked that I left Duke without a job because um, you know they, they tell you that you're the golden child and that of course like you like screw the economy like you'll be fine yeah. and I wasn't and so it was not until a couple months later that I found my marketing job and I was an intern and I worked for $10 an hour for the first six months. And um, it was still, you know, creative, but it was definitely not what I had originally dismissed because I thought that that would be too hard or you know, like too from the ground up. And I really wanted to get results and prestige right away. And it kind of took me leaving Duke and getting out of that mindset of, you know, having that prestigious next step to kind of humble myself and feel like this is going to be a fun opportunity and I'm going to learn a lot
1: and that's where I want to go. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because like if you do go the safe route, right? One of the things that I've noticed, yes, it's harder. Like, so every, no matter what career or job you go into, to get to the highest point of that job to like the people who are the badasses making those commercials that inspired us to get into marketing or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you really have to, it, it's, it's a long shot for most people to get up to that point so like and the same goes for any sort of creative thing so if you want to be an actor as a kid or you want to be a singer as a kid or you want to be whatever people will say don't do it because you'll never get to that like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know genius level and I always find this so interesting because it doesn't matter which path you go on to get to that top level you've got to do some crazy stuff you've got yeah. to be really focused enjoying it liking that type of work and good at that type of work to get to the top And so I always find it interesting when people get discouraged for going after things because they're like, well, I'm never going to be John Lennon, so why try music? But then they'll go into their other career and be like, well, I don't even want to be here, so I don't care if I get to the top of this. And then you get like, yeah, you might, I mean, you didn't graduate into it, but like a lot of people graduate into this level and they'll spend seven years not getting much higher than that level. Mm -hmm. And you just see all those middle managers kind of just stay there. Yeah. And so I always find that really interesting where, you know, it if you actually wanted to get to the top of any industry, it's going to be just as much of a long shot as pretty much anything else that you want to do. So it's better to kind of go after what you're excited for in the first place. So, like, when you went for your internship and looking back on MTV, like, are there any things that you said it got too big or that was too big of a thing? to look at, were there any things that you, like, look back now and wonder about? I feel
2: like, I mean, I knew that I didn't want, I, I do feel like in the end that I, I really did follow the trajectory I was meant to follow. Um, I'd always wanted to work for Google. I applied there, like, ten times and never got an interview. <laughs> and it was when I was doing marketing in Atlanta that I they reached out to me about this job. And I just remember you know, taking off the morning from work and sitting out before my phone interview and just thinking, like, this is what I've been working for. Because I really struggled um, kind of feeling validated after college. I'm always somebody that's been really derived my value from the the work that I've done, like the extracurriculars that I've, I've worked with, like, you know, accomplishing things. And though I felt successful and appreciated in marketing, I... It didn't feel like I was on that path anymore, and I, you know, I started panicking that I was losing my potential the farther and farther away I got from college, where I felt like I was truly at my peak in terms of what I was executing on. Um, so when I was about to interview for Google, I just remember being like, "This is it! Like this is, you know, where this all becomes satiated." Um, and then I started Google, and absolutely was that way, but. Again, like my first six months, I didn't feel successful. I didn't feel like I was in the right place. And I just feel like that's really cyclical, no matter what path you're on. But I definitely am currently in a place where I feel like I'm doing the right work and I'm with the right people and I'm learning a lot. And I still feel like I'm, I'm accomplishing something. Um, so at the end of the day, like I think when you leave work, you just want to feel like you completed something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to have so many days where I didn't feel like that that was the case.
0: Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that is what you just said is rarely what is actually taught mm-hmm. education-wise in high school and college. And plenty of people along that play- way will say, like, you know, the school can boast, like, follow your dreams, that kind of stuff, right? But then what is... I don't know, let's say Dukes, let's say whatever, prestigious universities, what's their biggest calling card they promote to get people to apply to their school is 75% of our graduates leave college with an $80,000 a year job, right? And that's like the take-home statistic that they get to attract people to the school. Even though they might say follow your dreams, live your passions, and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, Duke was a place that really empowered me, but when I was looking for jobs, I really came to understand that I was not who they were catering towards, Mm. you know, it was the consultants and the investment bankers and the big ticket people, and I just knew that that wasn't my path, Um, and so I felt kind of lost in that discovery.
0: Well, and then that, what that creates then is, so a lot of people go on that route, or even the advertising any jobs really that are the air quote standard path Mm -hmm. while the university or whomever might feed the live the dream and then you get into that path that isn't necessarily what you want to do then the ironic part is then that's when you start to have the water cooler conversations of living the dream right (laughs) that's
1: funny i was literally just writing that down (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cause that's what made me quit my last job. That exact thing is, um, every week I would, I, I got to the point where I started counting it on a daily basis. How many people in the office said living the dream sarcastically? Really? Like, so I'd be like, what are you up to this w- weekend? Living the dream.
2: <laughs> like, how was
1: that meeting? Living the dream. And I was, yeah. like, it drove me crazy. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure I've you know, came back to our work and started complaining about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that... You guys have shitty dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and that's what kind of drove me crazy. I'm like, are you? Like, that's the question I wanted to keep asking people. Are you? Because you seem to be trying to convince yourself that you are. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, what is it that you're trying to convince yourself that you're happy with? Because, at least in the work I was doing, I, we'd go to happy hours and I'd see people have, like really they'd open up right and they'd talk about all the things that are really tough and it's like well if you're not living the dream what was the original dream as we talked about and like how can you get onto a better path from there because what we end, what i ended up doing was leaving so that i could go figure out what's next and now i think my new dream is just not knowing what's next like that is living the dream for me it's it's the excitement that comes with every day is kind of like oh What's happening today? Kind yeah. of a thing. And mm-hmm. so I always find that really interesting to kind of, when when people do use it sarcastically or have have you guys ever used it sarcastically, where it's like, what, what was it you really meant when you said that? I'm
0: sure I have used it sarcastically. And I'm sure, yeah. But I, I don't know if I can recall a specific time. And I know because we have these kinds of conversations, I'm like aware to use it very tastefully and tactfully, <laughs> but I you know I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm I actually think when I've used it, it's been when I meet people like Marissa, who was on our podcast, who's this champion downhill longboarder. Right, that's where I'm. Pretty sure I said to her, oh, "Wow, you're living the dream, huh?" Yeah, because that's something where I'm like, "Man, you made a career out of that. That's fucking cool."
2: Yeah. I think the genuine instances that I've recently used it have been towards like you 30x people like Courtney, and, like you are living the dream. And certainly I acknowledge that they have their own struggles too. But that's the kind of thing that it's so easy to look at and be like, see, like that's that's what the dream is, like not this desk job. Right. But at the same time, like it's, it's unfair to assume that they... They feel like every aspect of their life is perfect either.
0: But I don't think it necessarily means everything's perfect Mm -hmm. either because dreams end, right? You wake up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I like that on this road trip that we've been doing, several times as we meet people, they're like, oh, man, you guys are living the dream, huh? Mm. I'm like,
2: kind (laughs) of, (laughs) yeah. I don't
0: want to sound like an asshole, but yeah. Yeah. This is everything I want to be doing right now.
2: Sorry, Um, because when I really think back to like your question about what you wanted to be when you were a kid, um, what I always found myself like when I would play pretend, I was like a witch or a spy or, you know, someone with like extraordinary abilities. And I think that that was really instilled in me from very young was that I didn't want to be ordinary. I wanted to follow a very special path and like a very unique path. And whether or not, like, I ever got my magical powers, which unfortunately I, I didn't yet.
1: She just can't tell us. Yeah. A, it's a bit on the DL. I'm just
0: waiting for
2: you to Guys.
1: wiggle your nose and we disappear. I have a
2: wand in my back. I really do. I carry it with me everywhere I go. Do You want me to pull it out? Yes. Let me get
1: it. I was hoping We had warrior was a spears on one episode now we have magic wands are you going to a harry potter convention there i went
2: to a harry potter world and i got this wand and i like always bring it with me oh my <laughs> god
0: <laughs> i expected it to have a star on the end of it not no. just be a,
1: not just no, be a stick no it's
2: not a fairy wand <laughs> It's and for those proper which For those who would
1: like to know, the serial number of this <laughs> <No>! wand is... No, <laughs> that's secret. That's my
2: secret serial
1: number. Uh, Avacadabra. No, oh, no, don't
2: mess with that. <laughs> that's the killing <laughs> curse, man. What,
1: what are the Harry... I don't remember any of the Harry Potter spells.
2: Spells? Lumos. Um
1: Oh, they're all Latin, except for the ones that aren't. So, um, eat toads. No. <laughs> or no, eat slugs, that's what it was. Eat
2: slugs. Yeah,
1: when, uh, in, like, the second, first, first movie, I think, oh. he goes, eat slugs, and he starts spitting up oh, the slugs. Oh, that's the second movie. Yeah. This one backfires. So if you've ever seen Mystery Science Theater, where they, like, talk oh, yeah. over the movies, it's yeah. like, uh, like, uh, magic. Always Latin, except when it's not. That old sci-fi channel show, where, like, it was, like, yeah. the robots yeah. yelling at the movies on Well, the they had a new thing that's called, um, my brother's gonna kill me. because so I'm forgetting what it's called. <laughs> Moving on.
2: They do, well, they do something like that at uh, Alamo Draft House here called Master Pancake.
1: We were told we have to go to that. It's amazing.
2: Where? Well, Alamo Draft House in generally Oh yeah, cool.
1: yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
2: I just um, I speaking of living the dream, I just got this side job that I was so excited for. Uh, there's this trivia across North America called Geeks Who Drink trivia. Or yeah. Drink drink no way you're involved drink, in that. Geeks Who Drink Pub Quiz. Um, and I am now a quiz master. And so you
0: create the questions?
2: No, no. I um, I just like host the quizzes.
1: Okay. Do you like play along with the TV show?
2: What TV show?
1: Peaks to Drink.
2: Oh yeah, there's. Uh, no, no. I've always like gone to the, the quizzes here. Uh, they're all over Austin. It's really popular in Austin. Mm-hmm. And so I auditioned to be a quiz master. And so I'm I just started like last week. I'm really excited. And they asked me. You know what my like geekiness was and obviously it was Harry Potter is like my biggest source of geekiness.
0: You're
1: not gonna like that I say I stopped reading after book three because no, I, I don't like interest. It at all. <laughs> I don't wanna hear it. It's
2: just that <laughs> I about, <laughs> carried
1: book four all over Ireland and then I was like, It's so heavy <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been on chapter eleven of the Goblet of Fire for about fourteen years oh, now.
2: Man. So it's a really it's a tough chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs>
0: I don't know why I grew out of it, but I do. I
2: just,
0: <laughs> and I haven't seen the movies either.
2: Oh, it's such a beautiful series. I'm trying to remember.
1: <laughs> Snape stories, first. Yeah.
2: Oh, so there's this um, this woman. Her name's Brene Brown, and Darren she Greatly. yeah, Darren Greatly. She just spoke at at Google last week, and so I'm part of Women at Google, which is like uh, a female like, employee Wag? resource group. No, just Women at that's, is what we. <laughs> that's the ticker symbol from Walgreens <laughs> WAG. Uh, so she spoke in our Chicago office, and she talked about how she like references Harry Potter in each of her books because she thinks it's the most beautiful illustration of how we should treat each other and how resilience is the key to everything. And I wrote for my visual studies class one year. I wrote a paper on how Harry Potter, like Voldemort and Harry, both have very similar like foundations. They're both.
1: You know, you're mispronouncing Voldemort.
2: I know, I read that article. <laughs> it's a it's French name, parallels. Voldemort. Oh, Voldemort. okay. <laughs> no team. Um, and how they had similar foundations but had really different trajectories, and it's because Harry had love and resilience, and Voldemort didn't.
1: <laughs> didn't, but no, Harry had muggle parents.
2: What do you mean? No, he didn't both of muggle Harry's
1: parents. parents were wizards. Or, sorry, Harry was with Stop or, trying to Harry was make fostered commentary. By muggles, both Harry... <laughs> didn't like him.
2: Exactly, both Harry and Voldemort were orphaned and left to grow up in, a, in an environment that didn't build them up. Uh, Voldemort was in an orphanage, and, or Tom Riddle, and Harry was in the Smuggle home where they treated him like nothing. And so they both had this childhood and it wasn't until they came to Hogwarts and they truly realized the meaning of their abilities. Um, but then Voldemort took that to become a um, Arrogant and power-driven, and didn't want to connect with anybody. And Harry right. chose to like love and uh, lean on people, and was humble and resilient. And so that's why they turned into good and evil. And Dumbledore actually had a similar—he's like the middle guy who regulates both of them. It was my favorite paper I've ever written. That's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's cool though because <laughs> I actually think back to even so like some of the college papers I wrote, the best ones and the ones I was most into were the ones where I didn't have to follow like the has to follow this structure yeah. and the ones where I could just kind of explore whatever. Like I wrote like a fifty page paper on um, on mindless entertainment actually and why we gravitated to that. Because, like, at that time, Deal or No Deal was at its height, (laughs) and I wondered why this show was so popular, because it was just people guessing numbers, essentially, (laughs) and I explored, like, real world, I explored pro wrestling, I explored Deal or No Deal, and then I even was able to, like, reference hip-hop songs Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, and that, and that, I I wrote a 50-page paper, and, like, the requirement was, like, 10, and I wrote 50, and the favorite part of my day every day was like the three hours I would sit down and just jam on the computer and and crank out you know five six what was your takeaway we need escape that's why we gravitate towards these things thinking can be tough and mindless entertainment is a aspirational so like keeping up with the Kardashians we want to keep up with the Kardashians because it's something to aspire to and two we need to give our brains a break um, pretty frequently actually And just shut off and watch something like Family Guy, where you just laugh because it's like stupid and funny. And there's not—I guess they started to make it more message-driven, but in the beginning, anyway, it was just let's just laugh at this. Them making the same joke eight times over until it's you know until it's annoying.
2: Even in our in our social media, it's like it's like the light bulb just came on behind
0: you. It's like you have an idea.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even in our social media, it's gotten simpler. And simpler, where like Instagram, you just scroll, you mm-hmm. just look at pictures. You don't even need to read anymore. Or Tinder, you just swipe. It's it's so it's so like as simple as possible. Like don't exert as little effort as possible just to be entertained. And I mean, I often find myself like, do I want to read my book or do I want to watch TV? And I just watch TV. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like we we over exert and then we under exert, and we just we're in these like constant fluctuations of doing something and doing nothing that's like what when i talk about when i live the dream when i say that kind of remark sarcastically it's definitely in regards to what i do with my free time that's never been my forte how i use my free time i can use my work time really efficiently but my free time i just laze about and that's when i i get down on myself and i'm like i could be out adventuring or learning or contributing and i'm doing nothing so that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, living the dream. Like, <laughs> ate queso all day yesterday. <laughs> didn't leave my room. It was good, queso. <laughs> I mean, queso, all, good. all queso is good <laughs> in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I think, and that's where I, the whole, like, the let me just binge watch Netflix all weekend thing, mm-hmm. that's where I would never want to be like, this is what the dream is. Mm-hmm. Or, because I actually get very antsy if I just sit and just watch TV for a while. Unless it's wrestling. (laughs) That's his thing. (laughs) Because you're Uh, in the ring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I have a very tough time just like if it's like a Saturday afternoon, just like hanging out at my house and not doing anything. Because I always feel like I should be doing something else with my time. And I'm just like, I'll be sitting there like going stir crazy. (laughs) That's why this trip well, has been fun because we're always doing something, even when we're not doing we, anything. We're I doing watched something. two
1: episodes of that Hulu show today, yeah, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I just sat down and relaxed. <laughs> yeah, well, because part of it is just how are you ever going to achieve "quote unquote" your dreams if you're never doing anything to get toward them? So, like, you know, I, I you mentioned that geeks who drink thing, and there's that TV show, and I, I know someone who was just on that show. Mm. And for years, she's just been, you know, working her way up to like what she enjoys. She's a huge Doctor Who fan, and she's like everything she does, she does to the extreme. And I know she watches a lot of shows because she has to, because that's what she's into, and that's also what she's trying to make her life and her career. And it kind of blew my mind seeing her on that show. Cause I'm like, holy crap! For years, we've just been like, God, I hope she really goes somewhere with this, you know? Like, just watching on Facebook, you never know what people are doing behind the scenes. You just see little updates here and there. You know, she's, like, working at Disney she's doing this, she's doing that. And, like, um, and then all of a sudden it's, like, boom, like, wow, like, that's a milestone moment. And, like, I can't wait to see what you do next. And it's kind of what you said. You watch other people and you're, like, I don't know what their life is like. I don't know what, what what they're putting into it. But it seems like they're living their dream. And every time when we sit down and we do something mindless, and I think the reason that you get antsy or frustrated is because you're like i could be taking steps toward that dream and if your work isn't also working toward your dream then i think that's where people really start to get down and you just there's so much easy mindless stuff out there that if you if your work isn't getting you closer to your dream and your side stuff isn't getting you closer to your dream or you don't have any side stuff. You're just gonna immerse yourself into the Kardashians <laughs> and just live vicariously through their dreams, yeah, and then start dancing along to this music
0: yeah. that's going on in the background.
1: <laughs> it's a good backing track. Oh, yeah. Wow.
2: They just threw their speaker in the water.
1: Wow. Oh wow! It's a waterproof speaker. Wow.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is pretty
0: cool. <laughs> you know what's funny about him being like. It floats, holy shit. Like, well, did, he,
1: did he buy it expecting that not to I know, work? Like, I he, have, I'm, I'm really that like, was <laughs> He throws it in, it shorts out and kills, kills all the bugs on the, <laughs> the surface level of the pool. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. All right, let's get back to something done. <laughs> that was quite the demo. Yeah. That
2: was really all they've gotten up to do. But
1: I think that's where people then give up on their dream, right? So you find yourself in a job that isn't working toward what you originally wanted to do or what you aspired to be. Then you just sit and watch entertainment, and then you're never coming up with a side project or anything that gets you closer. And then eventually you yes. just go, "Well, that's never achievable." And it's stupid for me to have thought I could do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yes, you might not. I might not become Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey is a human being that you can't become, right? <laughs> He's physically another person. Yes. Um, you can't inception him. No, well, right. But like, there are other like, what is the me version of Jim Carrey in the future? Like. I just caught a glimpse of him on Comedians' Cars Getting Coffee, and he has, like, yeah. the most amazing artwork I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. So part of being Jim Carrey is that he's a, an amazing painter. I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> and so his version of his future and his dream includes painting, apparently. Yeah. And so that's something that, like, as you're looking at other people thinking they're living the dream, you're not even getting what their dream is. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I think that kind of complexity, like, when I when I go back to saying, like, people at U30X appear like they're living the dream, but just because there's been so many settings where I thought that I was about to be living the dream and then in it I realized that you know there are imperfections yeah. to this just like there are to everything else. <coughs> I think that at the beginning when I said that, yeah, I think there are people who are living the dream, I feel like I, I picture those as very simple lifestyles and just the more complex our interests, our passions become and then the more fluctuated our lives get with these imperfect things, like drama with family or relationships or what have you. I feel like it's the complexity and the noise that make the dream duller, because you have all this other stuff that's kind of detracting from that. And it's like, we have so many choices that it's hard to be satisfied with just the one choice that we've made. Mm.
0: Well, and so to the point of, you said like the U30X people, right? So we were just with Courtney today and her and i had a long talk and she loves everything she's doing with u30x but even you know traveling for eight months straight takes its, its toll on you know she's yeah. like yeah it's like i'm not gonna lie like i love it i love working for this company but it is exhausting to to not have a home <laughs> and to be in a different time zone you know to be in peru one day and to mm-hmm. be in iceland the next day yeah literally <laughs> and to not, and to do that for what eight straight months she's, she's been doing nine months
2: yeah and like it, she
0: really looked forward to this whatever she has this 4-6 week break just being in Austin and just recharging for a little bit.
2: Yeah. And I met I met Courtney in a similar setting. We were camp counselors and, you know, we kind of like rotate in a new group and rotate out that you bond with them and connect with them and then they'd leave and then the new yeah. group would come in. And there's something exciting about that, but there's also something really hard about that cuz you're not Maintaining those connections consistently like in that time, too So I think that that's also hard when she doesn't have that consistent community necessarily So I know that that's something that she sort of craved Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah,
0: but the good thing though is because she's found a job in a company like that Is she can work towards a better schedule for, for her? Yeah, she might have to start off traveling for eight nine months, but her intention is not to be doing that the rest <laughs> of her life, right, like, she's gonna do this for a little bit and then figure out how does she scale back and maybe lead a handful of trips a year and yeah. work on more of more the creative photography stuff for the business or whatever it might be, and that's where it's just as important to, you know, like anything that you want to really go after, you're gonna have to eat shit for a little while, Yeah. Right? and traveling the world is not necessarily eating shit, but, like, just take it relative to the situation. Yeah. But. If you're serious enough about it, you'll find the right environment to be in that while you may have to eat shit for a little bit, it'll ultimately allow you to be flexible to get to that point that you want to get to versus if you're with a company or with whatever that is like you know, hours are 9 to 5, no matter what, no excuses. Yeah. You know, you get 5 vacation days, that's it, and there's nothing, you know, there's no exceptions to the rule. You'll never be able to change that structure or get to a point where you can modify it to what's best for you.
2: And I think that that's something our generation is criticized for, is that we need instant gratification. So as soon as we sign up for something and start it and we come to learn like, well, it's going to be hard first and then I'll be happy. (laughs) Then you're just like, nah. And I think that that's a harsh critique for the entire generation, but I've certainly exhibited that in my life. And I've certainly learned a lot from humbling myself and as you so eloquently put, eat shit. <laughs> and I do think that that's really necessary. But yeah, I think that it's certainly symptomatic of, of us just believing you're supposed to be living our dream. Kind of going back to that core where more than anyone, we've been told that a dream is achievable. Uh, so that the second it, it seems like, oh, you have to work for it, yeah. then it seems like it's not a dream anymore.
1: I'd argue with you on all those points, but it's a lot of work. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, life. the funny thing about
0: dream, the idea of a dream in general, there's a old NFL coach, uh, Herman Edwards, who said, a dream is a goal without a plan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I dreamed a dream of days <laughs> gone by. Did you do chorus? <laughs> <laughs> Were you in a band? Ever? I don't know. Were you? Yeah. What
2: was your band called?
1: The Slam Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: Horrifying.
0: Yeah.
1: Wait, I thought it was...
0: Oh, the the album was Skankosaurus Rex. The album yeah.
1: was oh, Skankosaurus yeah. yeah. Rex. Yeah. No, I yeah, I to joined the that band and it back. already had a name.
2: Sure. I
1: changed it to One Line Short, which I thought was a very creative name because we were we had seven people and there's eight lines of the CTA in Chicago. Oh okay. So we were one line short and each had a color assigned.
2: You have a very I'm super creative. Chicago like target it. audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we weren't going very far.
1: Uh, but I I think kind of going off your point it's like a dream is you know without a, a goal without a plan the whole idea of a dream is that it is not achievable like so you know I I have dreams every night and I wake up and I don't want to go relive those usually oh, And yeah. <laughs> And like yeah they might be cool that's but why it's not called reality well that's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the whole point it's like why are we chasing dreams in the first place Instead of chasing realistic lifestyles, I think that's why people get so upset when they get in their job, and that's why people have like have uh, this impulse or like instant gratification thing. Because, you know, you and I were sold on marketing being sitting in a room brainstorming all day, uh, and that's literally marketing selling us marketing. You know, <laughs> Mad Men, um, and everyone is sold on the lifestyle and all this stuff that's just not true about the job that you're going into and if people would have realistic understandings of what the job is that they're trying to go after or what the life is that they're trying to go after then I think it would take away all of this sort of like instant gratification need where if I knew going into marketing what account management was I would not have spent every day being angry that I was in account management and not creating really cool advertisements and that, I think, is one of the key pieces, which is maybe we should stop having these, like, dreams and start having realistic ideas of what kind of lives we want to live, and then we can start actually doing them. So, like, when we did Ideal Lemon, I knew exactly what the lifestyle was going to be. A lot of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even thinking about where this is going to be in five years because I just want to be able to manage and control the craziness of today. Yeah and because I know that and because I know that we're making the right connections that something good is going to happen and that um, I don't have a specific dream I just have an idea of where this is going and what we're trying to create then the outcome however different it may be from the hundred different ideas that I've dreamt about Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which one comes out of it all that I know is none of those dreams matter because they're all just ideas the only thing that matters is what I'm executing today to get to the next point
2: yeah, expectations have such an ability to warp like our ultimate satisfaction with something. You go in thinking that it's going to be so cool and so easy, and you know, occasionally I'll do stuff, and then you know, it, it's completely different than what you expected. And you know, if you had had reasonable expectations for that, then you you might have actually been able to appreciate the small things rather than focusing on what isn't what you thought it would be. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I will say though, I, as you were talking, what I recalled was when I started out in account management I actually like I loved it and I do remember having a conversation with one of my coworkers and some, some of his friends I went out with one night we just we tried to like you know just shooting the shit and saying okay well what, what's your dream job and I remember my answer was like I think I have my dream job right now mm. but dreams change <laughs> right yeah they're not static
2: yeah cause then what I experienced in my trajectory of marketing was um, humbling like being humbled and then like feeling valued and feeling excited and like the U curve goes up and then it just gets stale you know, like I've kind of reached my maximum yeah. Yeah. potential here not to say like I, I definitely believe you can always keep learning but I think that there's a point where you're n- no longer learning towards what you, you want to achieve Yeah. and so I think that that's when you're just like Right next.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and my role changed too. But I remember in the account management stuff the first couple of years. I loved going into work every day. I love the mm-hmm. people I worked with and the work I was doing. Um, I, but to that point, I think it just became, well, there's not a whole lot. It's, it's incremental learning at this point. I'm not, I'm not drastically changing anything or I'm not going to have a radical insight mm-hmm. that I would want to have. And I think I can provide value in other ways. But but I think the reason why I loved that job uh, for a couple of years was because of the people around it. People I was working with and the fact that I had really good relationships with my clients. That was really what it was. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. look at this thing I'm creating for you. It was, oh, I can have this type of a relationship with someone. So take that and now it's, what are we doing with Ideal and we're basically building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing just in a different avenue and in an avenue that better suits me. Right.
2: Yeah, because when I, when I left my job in Atlanta to go to Google, I kind of saw it as I don't want to be serving people anymore, I want to be helping people. Um, but even in my, you know, my first year or so at Google, I didn't really under, I didn't see that I was helping people either. Mm. So I was like, I'm once again kind of trapped, serving people to a degree. And so I think that that was another situation where I kind of expected it to be different.
0: How did you change it then, or what, what happened?
2: Um, I think that I became more resilient in kind of how I interpreted the job so it was like a very staffing heavy job and very quantitatively motivated which is not something I've ever been all that driven by Um, I derive a lot more from like the impact and meaning and and feeling like I'm what I'm doing is leveraging my strengths Mm -hmm. so it was more so just kind of like Get through the core role so that you can focus on the things that you're really excited about outside of the core role, and then eventually was able to transition into that like true external passion and like make that my core role.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I I luckily like you know developed clout and connections with people that that trusted me to. Do what I felt like was a better representation of my skills and what was going to make me more excited to come into work every day. But the bottom line is, no matter what you're doing, I do think it's always the people. Um, I've been really lucky to always love the people I've worked with, whether it's like flipping burgers at Ya Burgers and Fries in Plano, nice. <laughs> or, nice. or if it's working for you know a Fortune 500 company. I think that the people around you like really influence what your mindset is every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you're going to shape your own reality based on what the other people's realities are. Yeah. You're yeah. going to become more like those people who you're mm-hmm. around.
1: What do you guys think of the idea of control in going after your dream? Because right now, I think... So the, what you just said uh, about... It's the same kind of idea. It's the same building relationships and everything like that. But it's now towards something that I want to do. Yeah. And that's... in. As I think about what, why we kind of took this step, it's more about having control of where, I don't know what the ultimate dream is gonna be, what the outcome is gonna be, but I control what direction I'm headed. Cause what I didn't have prior was control over the outcome. Uh, I knew in 10 years, just by looking at the people around me, in 10 years, I'm gonna be in your position. In 15 years, I'm gonna be in your position. And in 30 years, 40, I'm going to be in that position. And I, there's not really anything, any wiggle room if I continue down this path. Whereas I then decided to choose a different path where I don't know what the outcome is. I could be, you know, I don't know, doing comedy if that's what ends up happening. Or I could be uh, doing something artistic. Who knows? But I at least get to control the direction and the shifts along yeah. the way to an extent well I think
0: control is a huge part that's that's why this is happening right and that's why we have this podcast is because we want to have instead of thinking about these kinds of conversations we want to actually have them and we gave ourselves an outlet to have them and kind of everything that we're doing now is I mean what do we tell people create the opportunities don't wait for them to be given to you and that's how I think you start to actually move closer instead of just move the needle a little bit that's how you really move the needle you know halfway across that barometer whatever you want to call it yeah. by taking control of it and
1: being... pull out that magic wand exactly <laughs> yeah. start snapping it in exactly. directions <laughs>
0: because then you start to think about what do I actually need to do to make it happen instead of being in the hate the victim and the woe is me mindset yeah and you get out of that by understanding that you have control
2: marketing was such a clear path too like like you were alluding yeah. to it it's you know very like you're an account manager and then a senior account manager and a director and it's it's such an obvious path and for me I feel like I'm very future oriented but I knew that that wasn't the path that I wanted to follow and so I just need to have something to be excited about in the in the immediate future like an option that I'm excited for and I definitely agree that in my current role, like, it was something that I really had to make clear that I wanted, make clear that I was felt qualified for, make clear that it would benefit the people around me, and I absolutely feel like I had to kind of fight for that. And I see people who are equally talented around me, um, just meeker, I guess, in seeking those opportunities outright for whatever reason. Um, and I, I don't, I, I feel like I wouldn't be nearly as happy if I hadn't recently gotten what exactly what I wanted.
0: Yeah, wrong. And then that's, you didn't you didn't just drift and it happened though, right? You were like, I don't want this, here's something else I want instead. Yeah.
2: And then
0: you get the thing you want.
2: Yeah, and there's certainly factors. I mean, I had great advocates for me once I made clear what I wanted. I couldn't have possibly done it by myself, um, but I needed to drive that. And I think that no matter where you are, like you, you're the person that's going to want your career the most or whatever whether it's career or relationship like you're the one that's going to want it to work out the most so you have to be the one really instigating it
1: yeah What are,
0: oh. well to to kind of add on to the control point you know how everyone always says it's not the smartest person who you know is the most successful it's i don't know what they say is the thing but it's <laughs> it's, it's frequently said you don't have to be the smartest person to be the most successful what I think is funny if, who is. The one who
1: bribes the most people. Yeah. No,
0: but it, it, I think it's more about what they say is like, it's the people, it's it's, who, it's someone who's able to have the best relationships or whatever is the most successful or whatever it might be. But have you, I don't know if it was the case in your high schools, but the top 10, 20 academically people, most of them, they're not doing miraculous things now because a lot of those top students were just kind of going after the validation of the a straight a's and the okay well someone tell me what to do next okay someone tell me what to do next and i'm sure they're working fine jobs at an ibm at a whatever but the, I, the entrepreneur or the person who's doing geek night trivia or whatever is not the person who just sat there and was like okay well what's next tell me what's next yeah and who just thought about okay what I need to do to get this This grade on this test, or all that stuff. It's the people in that middle of the pack who are like maybe top twenty percent, but not top twenty
1: people (laughs) that start doing the radical things. What are you trying to tell us about your (laughs) grade?
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) is that you're top twenty percent? Well,
1: and I think, but it depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? Like you want your brain surgeon to be top of his class, going all the way back, but. You might not want, that's, like, it might not matter if you're just going to be a lawyer or something like that. Although it might matter if you're going to be a lawyer and you get to the Supreme Court. Like, who knows? Yeah. And so, I, I think it, so, like, my oldest brother went to Notre Dame and his roommate freshman year literally just, like, walled off his side of the room. Didn't interact with anyone. Never went to a party. Never did anything the entire time that they were roommates. Like, barely talked. But that guy's A neuroscientist, brain surgeon, something like that. Mm -hmm. And my brother's like coming back on a Friday night. He's like, "I'm glad this guy's the one that's gonna have to operate on my brain in the future."
0: (laughs) But that's someone who is doing something radical and amazing. I'm saying there's a lot of these the the top twenty thing again. The top twenty people from high school who aren't doing anything that's crazy, like or even neuroscientist level. It's just like they they actually just fell more into the norm
1: and probably got a job that is. Well, and and that's fine, but that's also coming down to what is living the dream. Living the dream is living whatever life you've chosen to live, right? And so, one of the questions I want to ask you guys are, what are the other non-career focused dreams that you have, and how close or far away do those seem today? And like, what? How are you kind of working toward them? Because, you know, I look at different people who, you know, they they have lives that I wouldn't want at all. But I could see I see them being happy with it. Yeah. Maybe not in every aspect. Cause everyone has same with people who are living their dream, traveling the world. People who are living their dream in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Very different people. Always. Everyone still has their own issues and yeah. problems, right? But well, I don't. Yeah, I don't mean to bash
0: that. Like my brother is 29. He's married with a four-month-old daughter, and he fucking loves it. Yeah. But there are people who are lying to themselves that that's what they love and that's what they want. That's what I don't want to happen to people, that's what I don't agree with, is
1: subscribing to that idea that, oh yeah, this is... What
2: I'm supposed to do. Yeah, exactly.
1: So well, that's, and you uh, asked, that's just fine. You asked me the question the other day. You said, do you think anyone, or everyone, anyone, could, become an, could be an entrepreneur? And I think it's dangerous to teach people that you should be an entrepreneur just the same way it's dangerous to teach people that you should be a doctor. Because not everyone should be a doctor, and not everyone should be an entrepreneur, and I think it's interesting, you're like, we, we picked out someone from our friend group and we're like, do you think that person could? And that's someone who's just like, I want to get up, do my nine to five, go home, watch TV. Yeah. And it's like, well, they could, but they'd have to change everything about who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's not them anymore. <laughs> I'm, right. like, I'm like, yeah, they could become an entrepreneur, but they won't and they never want to. And that's the point, which is, what are the, how do you define living your dream? Is it the process of getting there? Is it ultimately getting it and then changing it once you've accomplished it and seeing what's next? Or, like, we're trying to find what is living the dream. What are all the different facets that you guys think
2: of? Personally, and I said this in the beginning, like, I've I've always been very um, achievement-driven. And I think there's a lot of people who look for the balance. There's a lot of people who wooed towards... Personal relationships are their dream. Mine is more career-driven. So when I think about my dreams outside of like feeling successful, it my dream comes from where I derive the most value. Like my dream is just feeling valuable, I guess, and having a boyfriend or a child. Like those aren't things that I've always sought for value. Um, So for me, that remains kind of the sole focus. Uh, I definitely agree that people can have. Many different aspects of that dream kind of spread across personal, or professional, or self. Um, but I think that people tend to focus mostly on one piece of the pie. Mm-hmm.
0: I will answer that in the context of wrapping up the show because we do need to wrap up. Uh, <laughs> before we do, uh, Lindsay, what? Where can our listeners find you? What are you working mm-hmm. on? <laughs> Uh, what do you want to? What do you want to share with me? If you're listeners? in Austin,
1: there's this thing called Geeks Who Geeks Drink. Geeks Who
2: Drink. Um, my Instagram is Lynn Sleazy. <laughs> How do we spell that? Keep it? L i n d s l e a z y. It's like it's sleazy. like mixed
1: steamy or something.
2: <laughs> Lynn Sleazy. Uh, that's what my parents call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's that. I don't have any, like, <laughs> I don't have any, like, personal projects to plug other than my my raucous trivia career that's blooming. There you go.
0: Well, so where, what's the website for that, or what, i uh, bar you that even.
2: Geekswhodrink.com, I think. <laughs> <laughs> By default, I'm going to guess that. I, I'll also, <laughs> let me plug both of my professional endeavors and just tell you to Google Geeks Who Drink, and I'm sure you'll come across it. Yeah. Um,
1: also, Google Google, 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 Google,
2: Shit. it's a small startup. You probably, <laughs> it, but we're really powering through. But yeah.
0: All right, cool. So then to wrap up the show, let's go around, um, start with Martin. Or will close with you, Lindsay. What is living the dream?
1: Uh. <laughs> You've had a lot of time to think about this, Martin. <laughs> um... For me, it is not having an expectation of how the, of, you know, we all have thousands of dreams, it's not having an expectation over the way those will come to be. So, my version of living the dream is choosing some sort of direction and seeing what comes out of it. The mystery of it all. Yeah. My answer is,
0: I think it's a combination of you mentioned Lindsay earlier, something about like options. I think when you have options and you're not forced to do something, that's part living the dream. The other is, so to go back to what you meant, asked about like non-career wise, I guess even this is quasi-career wise, but like with rapping, when I play a show and I, you know, I kick off the show, the second, you know, that beat drops, really my mind is like, this is my life. And I think the point when you say, this is my life for the period at the end of the sentence and not a question mark, <laughs> this is my life versus this is my life, that is living the dream.
2: For me, I think it, it's just understanding your values and living a life that really reflects that. And something I've always struggled is just appreciating things in the moment since I am so future-oriented. So I really do hope to have that moment like you just described, where I'm like, this this is it. Like, I'm joyful. And I think that that moment of joy, no matter how fleeting it is, I think that that's an instance where you've kind of lived the dream.
1: That's awesome. And one more thing to add on to you guys. Listen to how you say things, because if you're saying it sarcastically or with a question mark at the end, as Raj said, You might not be living your dream. (laughs) Well, that's that's just to to any of like the
0: quote unquote Valley Girls who always talk like this. Uh, I
2: talk like that. You do the California question mark. I I took um, like a a public speaking class, and that was their feedback: is you you end your sentences like this, and (laughs) (laughs) Valley Girl syndrome.
0: (laughs) California question mark. All right, Lindsay. Thank you for. For being on our show.
2: Thank you, guys. It's
1: been a real chill episode. It's been real chill. <laughs> All right. Vada
2: Kadabra. <laughs> <laughs> I just murdered Martin and Raj. <laughs> is, that that, that, is that what
1: that what That wand, was it. Was the, spell
2: was? the killing curse.
1: <sighs> Harry Potter, Harry Potter. you got to get Harry Potter, Harry Potter. chapter
2: 11. <laughs>
0: well, that wrapped up our conversation with Lindsay Thompson. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us as we talked about dreams, living the dream, and getting murdered by Harry Potter spells. If you want to learn more about what Lindsay's doing, check the show notes for where you can find her. Apparently the Instagram is at Lynn Sleazy. Lynn Sleazy! (laughs) uh, Be sure to follow along for the rest of our road trip by heading to Idealemon.com, where we're documenting every step of the journey and releasing our podcast episodes there, as well as on the social media handles on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Idea Lemon and real quick one more thing subscribe to our show if you like what you hear all you got to do is just tap with your finger on iTunes and you'll be subscribed and you'll get every episode sent to you so you never miss a cool conversation
1: share this episode with someone who has recently sarcastically used the phrase living the dream
0: and i guess there's one more thing too to share uh, if you're in Chicago on Thursday September 24th That's when we'll be back from our road trip and we'll be part of a panel event at General Assembly talking about how to build a career out of what you love and build a career out of your passion. So check that out. It's online. Go to GeneralAssembly.com to get your free ticket for that. We'll be on a panel for that event. Should be a lot of fun. Until then, we will see you. We're in Austin now and we have the next episode out of Austin, our last episode out of Austin coming up for you soon. We will catch you on the open road. I can't wait to crush these change eggs.